joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Blissful Living. This is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. And I am so happy to be here with you another day to have another opportunity to share a wonderful show of information with you, as well as a wonderful guest. Um, Before we get started, though, I just want to intrigue your curiosity a little bit about um, today's show. I want to just kind of put out there, do you even... um, understand how much power you have when you can master your personal power and really step into what I like to call your genius zone. And if no one's ever talked to you about it or um, you never even thought about it, then you definitely want to tune in and stay connected. You might want to grab something to write with, a piece of paper, find a comfortable spot to sit back and relax. Because today's show is going to touch on that subject of personal power and mastering your personal power. And today's guest is going to show, share his wisdom with us with regards to that. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors of our show. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Blissful Living for you. Blissful Living is a full lifestyle company dedicated to helping you build and sustain wellness, wisdom, and Wealth kind of goes along with the theme of this show. And they have a lot of um, specials and products and information with regards to how you can do just that. So if you're interested in improving your health and well-being, whether it's fitness, losing weight, feeling better, uh, having hormonal balance, eating the right foods, if you're interested in just relaxing your mind and learning techniques on how to do that, how to live a stress-free life, or if you're interested in building the wealth that you have so that when you get older in retirement years, you have it and it's sustained so that you actually have it, then check out Blissful Living for you and see what they have to offer you. The next sponsor I want to thank is a telecommunications company located in the heart of Silicon Valley. They've been in business for just about 30 years, and what they do is network distribution. Whether you need voice, data, fiber, or wireless systems installed, that is what they do. They are all-day cable incorporated, and they help to make the right connections for you so that you don't miss out on any client communication, which is the bread and butter of what we do and how we do business today. So if you're in need of a really good, superior telecommunications installation company, then I highly suggest that you check out alldaycableinc.com. And, um, okay, so I'm ready. I'm intrigued. I'm um, enthusiastic to learn more about this subject and um, my guest, he um, is a fan, looks like, of Napoleon Hill and um, also like some other book that I've read, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And so, um, you know, we just want to kind of like just kind of dive into this subject. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guest, okay, and um, what he's all about. Today's guest is named Douglas Vermeeren and Douglas grew up in an average lower-income home. His father worked in construction. His mom babysat kids. Money was tight in hand-me-down and strict budgets were just not uncommon in his household. Um, his parents taught him that in the importance of hard work uh, definitely was something to have, but they certainly didn't have any specific insights on the concept of working smarter instead of working harder. Now, when Doug accepted a job selling pest control door-to-door in Southern California, um, it is estimated that throughout the summer he knocked on over 22,000 doors. And at times, this was quite discouraging. And uh, on the verge of quitting, a close friend of Doug gave him two books that he thinks might have changed um, his friend's thinking, and they did. 
Those books were how to win and excuse me. Those books were how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now immediately, Doug rose above the discouragement and began to consider life in a new way. He would say later on that this was one of the most eye-opening and mind-expanding experiences of his life. Now, it was also a major turning point for him for as a result of reading Thinking Real Rich, Doug decided to follow the exact same path that Napoleon Hill had done in collecting research for that infamous book, Thinking Real Rich. Napoleon Hill had interviewed and spent, um, just in case you guys don't know, had spent firsthand um, with some of the most successful people on the planet in his day, which were people like Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, the Wright brothers, Alexander Graham Bell, just to name a few. And so what Doug thought, he sought out and secured the same kind of meeting with the founders and CEOs and top executives from companies like FedEx, Nike, Reebok, Disney, McDonald's, American Airlines, Kentucky Fried Chicken, a.k.a. or actually known now as KFC, Taco Time, Southwest Airlines, Anaheim Citrus Products, Fruit of the Loom, and many others. And so it is through his um, communication and engagement with these wonderful leaders that he was able to write his book called Personal Power Mastery. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's in that book, what some of these um, people that Doug spent some time with have to share about how we can master whatever it is, our personal power, so that we can step into the zone of success and really be on our game towards achieving our goals. So with that being said, I'd like to welcome you, Doug, to the show. Welcome to Blissful Living. Well, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. Um, Of course, you, uh, um, I say you like the same kind of people I like with regards to I am a Napoleon Mm -hmm. Hill addict, so to speak, and Dale Carnegie. I've read both those books, um, many others by both of them, and I really like what they have to share. It really does give a really distinct and different way of thinking about things, right? Cool, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So um, what actually, I just want to start, like, what actually led you to really embark on a journey of interviewing leaders like what I discussed in the the opening? Yeah. Well, as as you mentioned kind of in the introduction there, um, you know, I, I really didn't come from a background of personal development. My family had never really experienced such a thing. And so while I was doing uh, that summer job way back when I was 19, uh, knocking on doors, obviously any of your audience who's ever done like door-to-door sales, you know it can often be kind of discouraging. So I was kind of feeling like quitting. I was at the end of my rope, you know, and things just weren't working out. And add to that that I was actually heavily in debt as a student and my credit cards were maxed out. I was carrying massive student loans. I had car payments that weren't working out. Everything was frustrating. And so at this time, it was a family friend that saw kind of the brink of the edge that I was on. And they came and brought me those two books, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Think and Grow Rich. And as I read Think and Grow Rich specifically, I decided I wanted to do what Napoleon Hill did and go out and actually meet and interview some of the world's top achievers in our day. Now, keeping in mind, I didn't have any motivation to. So, Doug, let me ask you, how how old was this this friend that introduced you to these books? Was he your same age or was he a little bit No, no, no. He was probably uh, mid to late 60s at the time. He's now since passed away. But he he was a much older, wiser gentleman than myself. And so, okay. uh, you know, kind of what happened is as I read those books, uh, specifically Think and Grow Rich, I decided that, uh, you know, if, if we really look at, you know, the, the core message in Think and Grow Rich, I mean, there's all so many powerful lessons there. But the thing is, is I wanted more. I wanted to know what it was really like to hang with some of the world's top achievers in our day, in our day today. So I set out on a mission to go and meet those people and interview them. And as you kind of said in the intro, by the time I was done, I got to more than 400 of the world's top achievers. And in fact, ABC, Fox, CNN, and several others refer to me now as the modern day Napoleon Hill. So it's not just that I'm a fan. I've got information now that's very similar to what Napoleon Hill did. But one thing that's kind of cool about that is that, as you know, since the days of Napoleon Hill, that, like that book came out in 1930s, right? 
There's been mm-hmm. so many things that we've discovered for success and psychology and brain science and how people make decisions and things that uh, the information that I got validated everything Napoleon Hill said, but it actually added a lot that he didn't even know the questions to ask in his day just because we didn't understand things at the level we do. So it was a fascinating right. uh, study that we did, massive results. Wow, that's actually cool. You know, it's so funny. when I Whenever I pick up any of Napoleon Hill's books, it doesn't matter what page, and I sometimes just open them up, um, you know, say whatever I open up is the message I need for the day or whatever from this book. And it's so mm-hmm. funny because a lot of the information in the book or the basically the context of what he's sharing applies today, even though this was written maybe, what, 80, 90 years ago, it applies today as if it was written for today. So it's it's really cool to um you know, to learn that kind of information from the guys back then that were super successful and then to be able to have you share wisdom with us today with regards to the guys today, you know, that are super successful. How long did it take you to interview all these people? Actually, close to about a decade. But what's funny is it didn't take me long to notice results. As a 19-year-old, even in my first six months with this information, again, meeting face-to-face with some of these amazing people, I was able to turn my financial life around as one example, and I did more than $1.6 million in my first six months alone. So this last 10 years of doing that research and beyond has been absolutely incredible. I've seen some phenomenal changes in my life and in the lives of the students that I teach. Wow, that's cool. So yeah. um, did you fin- did, were you able to finish college? <laughs> Uh, actually, I I was like most of the guys like that we see out there, like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and people like this, who quite or Mark Zuckerberg, who actually decided to quit college and pursue business. And so I actually went and completed a lot of my work afterwards through like online learning and correspondence. But uh-huh. the truth of the matter is, is school at that time actually slowed me down. Like I said, as a 19 year old. I, I got to the tune of about $9,000 a day on average, and I was making far more than most of the faculty of <laughs> of my college combined at that time. And so I decided mm-hmm. at that point it was better and more productive for me to stop school and continue to focus on my business. And I've, I've done a lot of formal schooling since then, but my greatest education still continues to be my time that I spend with the world's top achievers. In fact, just as one example, yesterday I was doing a meeting with Brian Smith, who's the founder of Ugg Boots, you know, the booth that we have. And I learned more in that hour with him than I learned in a complete semester of business school. So I thought right. that that was a better place to spend my time. Well, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, college uh, teaches, quote, unquote, theory. But I think the best education that anyone can obtain is real life, real world education. You know, because what you learn in college, yeah, it's good theory but you don't actually necessarily apply that college theory to real-world problems or real business entrepreneurial problems or innovations or things of that nature. So it's kind of cool that you just kind of said, hey, I'm just going to be in the school of right now Napoleon Hill and Dale Carnegie and learn from what they have to share and take it to a whole other level. And I don't really necessarily need the college education to do that because, as we all know, it's super expensive nowadays, and these poor kids yeah. come out of school with, you know, the debt I came out with was, I thought was a lot, right? Coming from yeah. a graduate yeah. I, I think it's also team. important to, to kind of point out, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of important to point out, though, that I wasn't really in the school of Napoleon Hill or Dale Carnegie. They had some really great things to teach. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. they were very limited in what they were able to do way back in the 1930s. And so I would have to say that the people that really became my mentors wasn't Napoleon Hill anymore, but I graduated to people like, again, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, uh, you know, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. These were the people that really, I think, shaped uh, what I did. Times have changed massively since the days of Napoleon Hill. I mean, some of those principles are timeless, but many of them are now obsolete. The way that our society moves today and the way that we make money and we create success um, it's moving at a pace that is, is just, just so easy to create success nowadays. There's, you know, certainly there's the principles of hard work and things that are involved, but there's so many tools that make it easy to be successful if we'll just surround ourselves and learn from the right people. That's the important part. And I think that a lot of the, 
like this is the I'm, I might open up some controversy here, but I think there's a lot of personal development teachers, coaches, and speakers and stuff that have got it totally 100% backwards right now. They've got it completely wrong. And if we've looked at like when the secret came out, for example, everybody became a law of attraction coach. And most of them oh, have never yeah. had any experience doing it, right? Yeah, the same I, thing I with agree. somebody goes and sees Tony Robbins, they get inspired and all of a sudden they want to become a speaker or a coach or a, a motivational trainer. Motivational coach, right. The yeah. matter is, is, yeah, and, and the problem with that is that there's now so many people in this marketplace of personal development that are basically just giving you a photocopy of a photocopy of someone else's material. These people exactly. have never ever really built success for themselves. And, and so, therefore, they're teaching principles that don't really work. And so, what, I, what my advice is, is instead of trying to learn from a coach that really is, tr- is basically charging you for their learning curve, you really need to get as close to the fountain of success as you can. If you're really looking to create success, you need to learn from someone who is successful. And I think that yeah, that's a really I, big, big thing I that's totally, missing today. Totally, totally agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you on the front with regards to the coaches or – I actually absolutely yeah. hate the word coach because I'm not a coach. I'm a professional. I have 30, 30 yeah. years behind, you know, my success and what I do. Um, and someone that comes and takes a six-week certification class or goes to someone's event and all of a sudden they're a wellness expert or a wealth expert or whatever, a law of attraction expert, just cracks me up, you know. So, Well, even that word expert, that. that word expert is, that expert is really, really incorrectly yeah. used. In right. fact, one of the, right. one of the like, things that... What kind that, of credibility uh, do you have to be an expert? What, where's your credentials? Where's your credibility? Just because you took a certification well, it, class, you're an expert. If I can tell you, probably the, the best way to determine if somebody's an expert is are they achieving or do they have already the results that you're looking to attain? And it's interesting because mm-hmm. as we went out and interviewed the world's top achievers, I had a multi-billionaire once pointed this out to me. He said that if you want to know how clever somebody really is, their bank account is their report card. And some people may say, well, I'm not interested in money and all that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is Wallace D. Waddles in his book, The Science of Getting Rich, which The Secret was based on in 1910, he said, whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains that a person is not successful until they are rich. And rich means all aspects of their life. So if you want to learn from somebody, you need to look at the relationships in their life. Are those successful? You need to look at how they take care of their health and their life. Is that successful? You need to look at how their time is and how organized they are. You need to look at their, the, you know, the income that's coming to them. And you want to, you want to learn from somebody who can lead you higher. Here's the deal. A lifeguard can never save anyone until they know how to save themselves. And I think the tragedy with today's industry is there's, there's so many people that are claiming that they're successful, but really what it is, I think, is that they see that, you know, this is an exciting thing to be on stage. It's, it's an exciting thing to coach oh, of people. Course. And, of course. and, of course, there can be some money there. And so there's a lot of people that flock to this kind of a career, but they're just, unfortunately, in my opinion, not qualified to be there. And it's not very – it's not an integrity thing to do. It's not an ethical thing to do. Oh, if you're I, not qualified, I, you really shouldn't be there. I'm totally in agreement with you on that. Okay, so let's let's move yeah. on. <laughs> so now you guys have to listen, and you totally know how we feel about all these quote unquote. There you go. <laughs> you know, quote so to speak. So now, um, with regards to um, um, the book, I want yeah. to know um, what was you interviewed um, some you know quite a few very high-influential people that are, are known throughout the world. What was the favorite interview that you – who was who stands out as a person that was, like, your favorite interview? Oh, wow. And part two is, why was that person your favorite? Well, you know, this is a question that I get asked quite a bit, and it's a tough one to answer because the truth of the matter is many of the people that I interviewed ended up becoming very close friends and mentors of mine. In fact, almost like family. So that question is kind of like, who's your favorite family member, right? <laughs> it's kind of like hard to pick, right? Because some of them are, you know, there's many different reasons why I love and appreciate them. But I'll tell you one right. of my favorite ones that became kind of like my grandpa to me. Like, we were really close. And uh, his name was Frank McGuire. Frank actually started out at ABC when it was radio, and uh, was there when it switched to TV. He gave Alan Alda, Charles Osgood, and Ted Koppel their first job 
He was the personal philosophy instructor to Marilyn Monroe. He was the VP of all of marketing for American Airlines. He worked in the White House under JFK and Lyndon B. Johnson in the press department. He was uh, uh, the VP of marketing for all of KSC. They took it to number one on the New York Stock Exchange. He was also one of the four founders of Federal Express. And so this guy became like my grandfather. In fact, it wasn't just a matter of interviewing him. He would come to our house and spend Thanksgiving with us, and, you know, we would do, uh, you know, dinners together. And we spent a lot of time. Mm -hmm. In fact, he used to come to our house and play our piano. And so he literally became like my grandpa. So it wasn't really an interview. It was a relationship. And he kind of took me under his wing and taught me so much about business and life and so forth. So... That was certainly one of my favorites there. There were so many things that I learned. Um, But there were many other people that were also just like that. And there's many others that are still close personal friends of mine. Um, You know, even if we look at some of the thought leaders out there, I'm also the creator of three of the top ten personal development movies in the world right now. And uh, I just got off a 26-city tour with all the gang from The Secret. Many of them have become really close friends. Many of them have starred in my movies. Like Bob Proctor wrote the last book the forwards on my last two books uh one of my best friends is john Martini. i mean you get to know these people and it's just a higher level of influence that surrounds you right mm-hmm. and so i mean how do you pick your favorite amongst that they're all such amazing people right and so, uh, right. so I'm, I'm just there, grateful that i have them in my life <laughs> so what yeah so was there like um so was there a piece of information or a nugget of gold that the gentleman um you know, who you consider to be like your grandfather, is there a nugget of gold that kind of stands out that you like to share with the listeners? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. There's two that come to my mind, and I understand your listeners, they're interested in, in, in wealth and entrepreneurship as well, aren't they? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so let me give you two. Here's two really cool events. So one time I was sitting with Frank McGuire. Again, this is one of the co-founders of Federal Express, right? I'm sitting with him in a shopping mall, and we're having some milkshakes while our wives go out shopping. And he turns uh-huh. to me and he says, what's the most expensive thing in the world? You know, what's the most expensive thing in the world? Well, I kind of joked, and I smiled, and I said, uh, well, I don't know, but I, I sure hope my wife doesn't come back with it. <laughs> and he kind of, right. you know, didn't laugh at my little joke there. He just kind of smiled, and he said to me, no. The most expensive thing in the world is ignorance. Why? Because it costs you money. It keeps you from making money. But more importantly, it costs you time. And as we talked about that, you know, really the whole thing that we need to do in life is learn how to overcome this idea of ignorance. Ignorance in all aspects, whether it's our finances, whether it's our relationship, whether it's our business, whatever it is. And so for me, that was a big, big moment for me, a big aha, a big understanding And there was another one that occurred that I thought was really kind of cool, too. We were one time standing out front of a hotel, and they were loading our luggage into a car. And as the young man had finished, you know, Frank passed him a $5 tip. Now, he gave the kid the 5 bucks, but he didn't let it stop there. He said to the kid, he goes, what did I just give you? And the kid said, 5 bucks." And then Frank said, well, what's that worth? And the kid just kind of shrugged and said, well, 5 bucks." And then Frank stopped him there and goes, no, it all depends on what you do with it next. $5 is never really worth $5. It's all what you do with it next. And for me, that was a big aha because as I talked to him about that later, I I came to realize that everything depends on what we do with it next. The opportunities that come, the money that's in our hands, the relationships that we have, the networking that we do. Everything has more value than most of us perceive, and it's all based on what we choose to do with it next. For me, those were two big really ahas for me. Wow. that I mean, that is actually really cool. It, it does give you a different perspective on how to think about things. You know, at that moment in time, you know, a kid was just saying, you know, you just gave me five bucks, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, five bucks is five bucks. But if you don't know what to do with it, if you're ignorant with how yeah. to actually utilize the gift in your hand, so to speak, then, you know, guess what? That five bucks you may not have anymore, or you can turn that five bucks into five million bucks. So um, I think it's pretty cool. It's just, you know, he gave you that, hmm, that aha moment to make you just stop and think about it and be like, yeah, that's actually very, very cool. Now, um, what was some of the most surprising, interesting little tidbits that you found or that emerged as you did this research? Oh, sure. I mean, goodness sakes. 
uh, every day I was finding out amazing things and things that surprised me. But I'll, I'll share this maybe in a bit of a context, and this will maybe help. Um, the, at the same time that I was interviewing the world's top achievers, I was also reading every success book that I could get my hands on. And for those who follow me on social media, I still even post what I read every single month. I read between 15 and 20 books a month. I know Brian Tracy once said that if you read a book a month in your subject matter, you'll become in the top 10%. Well, one book a month is not for me. I want to do better than that. So I still even now read between, like I say, about 10 and 15 books every single month. And I post them on my social media. So uh, uh-huh. if you ever want to discuss those books, reach out to me. So here's the deal. As I was reading those books, I encountered this idea about wealth. And it said that if you want to become wealthy, you need to pay yourself first. And it's interesting. I was talking about that concept with one of my mentors uh, who was among the interviews. It was a gentleman who was worth about $800 million. Okay, So mm-hmm. his net worth is very high. Most of it is accumulated in real estate and business. And as I was sitting with him at lunch, asking him about this principle and pay yourself first, you know what he said? He said, it's wrong. <laughs> I said, what? Oh, like every right. wealth book I've ever read says pay yourself first. He goes, first it's wrong. Right. Now, here's the deal is I'd rather listen to a guy worth $800 million than whoever wrote that book because right. chances are they're not worth, you know, $10 million, million right? right. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. And so I said, explain, what do you mean by this then? What does this mean? He says, let's look at it this way. He says, if you were on a boat like the Titanic and you just hit the iceberg and everybody is getting into the lifeboat, if you pay yourself first, that means you push your way to the front, you get on a lifeboat and you are paid. He says, let me ask you, how's that going to work in real life? Would you do that or what would you do? And I thought, well, if there was a real lifeboat there, if this was a true scenario, I would put my right. family on there first before I get on the boat, right? He goes, yep. Right. He says, anything else? I go, well, I'd also probably want to put a guy on there who could build a shelter if we wound up on a deserted island or could fish or could hunt or maybe somebody who's good at sending distress signals or something. Like, I'd put those kind of things on there. And he says, and that's what you call your golden goose. He said, so here's the way that you pay yourself first. You don't put the money in your pocket. You put the money into the things that will help you survive and expand who you are. So he said, you're right. You're going to put your family first. So you pay them first in terms of attention, time, uh, you know, physical needs. You take care of those things, or pretty soon you won't have a family, right? Right. The second thing he said you take care of is your business, which includes taking care of your employees and taking care of your customers. And if you take care of those things first, everything else will take care of you. It's funny, if, if we look at Richard Branson, and he was one of the success interviews that I did, he talked about sometimes you've got to hire people smarter than you, better than you. Sometimes even in the beginning when you're doing a company, they will be making more money than you will. But if you take care of them, they're going to make you rich. And I think that that's a big problem that a lot of business owners have is they think that they need to be the first guy to get the paycheck. And, and the truth of the matter is, is if it's your business and you're the owner and you're the captain of the ship, you need to take care of everybody else before you take care of yourself. In fact, I just recently had one of our wealth trainings, like I do a wealth training called Your First Millions on the Way, where we teach people mm-hmm. how to become millionaires. At this training, I had a kid come up to me and says, you know, this is totally true. He says, because I, uh, I had a big, big customer give me a bunch of money, and I made the mistake before I served the customer to go buy a new vehicle. And he mm. saw me, and he said, as soon as he saw me do this with his money, and he hadn't received his goods yet, he was really, really mad. I said, yeah, that's right. it. Paying yourself first is not the answer. You need to take care of those that are taking care of you, and you'll find that that will take care of everything else. And so it's, it's, it's really important. I guess another way to say this, just kind of like fun, that I had pointed out to me by one of my mentors, he pointed out, you know, that little thing that says, nice guys fish last? You probably right. said that before. Right. So, so he says the important thing about that is that nice guys actually get to finish, right? If you're a mean person or you're selfish or you pay yourself first and you're doing it from a greed point of view, you might get paid first, but you'll never ever get paid twice because people don't want to hire somebody like that again. They want to hire somebody who supports them and serves them. And so that's your way to be successful. Become a nice guy. You may finish last, but you'll get to keep running again and again and again and again. And that's the goal, right? We want to keep right. printing money. We want to keep doing it, right? That's, so that, you know, to me, that was a big I, aha as well. I, I like that. I like that information. And listeners, hopefully you're taking some notes with regards to um, what Doug is sharing because it really is valuable information 
that you can apply immediately to your life and really start making some significant changes or seeing some significant changes with regards to things that will open up for you and <clears throat> your money, so to speak. So now with regards to, you know, some of the, you know, I want to say most world's most wealthiest people um, that you were able to speak with, um, was there was there a common theme that ran um, in their mindset with regards to, I'm just going to say, with regards to wellness? Like physical wellness? Yes. Or, 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 or finances? So I'm going to say with physical wellness because um, – you know, these people are successful, and I know they they yeah. hopefully are taking pretty good care of themselves. And there's got to be a common yeah. thing with regards to the, what they do. You know, you got, you're managing your money, you're managing your life, but if you're not managing your wellness, then all of that, will you know, will fall away, so to speak. So I know there's things that they do. Oh, yeah. Was there something, was there something common that you discovered? Did you even embark on a little bit of that? Because I think that all ties into the component. I did, definitely. Perfect. Share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, of, of course, if, if we had a flip chart and a diagram, I could show you how what I call the five pillars are actually all interconnected on how to build your success and your balance in your life, which balance is a really important thing that I think a lot of entrepreneurs today are missing. You know, we always talk about hustle, 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 but we don't do it in a balanced way, so to speak, and that's why many people aren't really able to receive massive, massive success, Right. So the, the truth of the matter is, is when, when it came to their health, they were very balanced in that regard, and they understood, you know, where to put it. Now, I guess I, I want to clarify that some of these guys now um, were quite old, right, like a lot older now in right. the years. So they didn't obviously keep up the same way that they used to keep up. But some of these folks that I, I'd interviewed that were younger, um, sort of what they were doing was exactly what the older guys had expressed that they used to do. And, and that was that all of them had some kind of a physical activity that they would do every single day, even if it was to go out walking and uh, clear your mind. Others, it was jogging. Others, it was um, some kind of a physical sport. The other thing that was also interesting to notice, even at the older age, is that very few of them uh, ate poorly, right? Like they all ate uh, I don't want to say health food. They weren't like health food fanatics or nuts or anything. But you wouldn't catch them kind of eating garbage or bringing garbage right. into their body, with one exception. I mean, Warren Buffett actually drank a lot of Cokes. And funny enough, he oh. still eats at his Dairy Queens regularly. But oh, the the other guys were, you know, really quite somewhat health conscious, you know. Um, uh, like I said, I, I don't want to make it sound like they were fanatics because they weren't. In fact, right. one of the guys, I'll never forget, um, Bill Bartman. Bill's now passed away, but at one time he was on welfare, but he came the 25th wealthiest guy in the U.S. at one point, featured on the cover of Forbes multiple times. And one day I said to, to Bill, hey, let's go for lunch, and, you know, he's eating a cheeseburger. But he did <laughs> make sure to express to me that that wasn't normally what he does. It's just, you know, balance. Some days we're going to eat the things we enjoy. Other days we're making sure that we're eating healthy. So, you know, I, I guess that was my observation on that. But all of them had, you know, ways that they, they, they kept balance there and, and, you know, not extreme, but balance, right? Right. No, I think that, wow, I think that's actually really super cool because it just, yeah, just I'm trying to give people a whole different perspective about, um, you know, about just being successful. And it encompasses all areas. Of our life, so um, I just want to wonder if you had any insight from all these people. If there was something that they did, and basically the common thing was they kept moving. You know, they kept active. Well, and let's think, yeah, let's, let's maybe present it this way because because this is maybe an easier way to look at it. Like uh, since interviewing the 400 top achievers, of course, I still have connections and and spend a lot of time with a lot of top achievers. But we've also been teaching this material around the world for the last 10 years, helping people build their wealth mostly but all areas of their life. And what I've noticed is that everything can be divided really into five pillars of success, which starts with self, which starts with things like self-worth, self-confidence, self-fulfillment, all these things. The second pillar is what we call spirituality, and that's, again, being in harmony with our spirituality. That doesn't necessarily mean religion, but it can mean all things from a spiritual level. We can talk more about this mm -hmm. another time. Health is the next pillar, 
which we've right. just kind of talked about, but it doesn't always mean, again, being in optimum health. In fact, I bought, I met guys like my studies included, uh, you know, Olympians and professional athletes and things, and some of them were really, uh, you know, at high levels of health, but they didn't feel like they were doing great in their health. They always felt like they could do more, right? Right, and so, right. You know, I kind of looked at health as their balance. Like, how did they feel about where they were? And we also got a chance to interview some people. Uh, I remember one fellow, uh, Morris Goodman, who uh, was now riding a power scooter. You probably remember him from The Secret. He crashed his airplane into some telephone lines and broke his back and every bone in his body, basically. Well, you know, I mean, he felt like he was healthy, but he certainly wasn't ready to go run a marathon, I'll tell you that, right? Right. So, again, it was how you felt about things. And then the next two areas were our relationships, and our relationship didn't include just our, you know, between our spouse and our family and our kids and all that, but all aspects of our relationships, whether they're business, whether they're other connections that we have with our community or those around us. Relationships was a, was a big one. And then the last one, obviously, is abundance. And the truth of the matter is, is most people set their goals in the area of abundance, and sometimes they neglect the other ones. And that's why you have people who... Maybe they spend a lot of time building wealth, but in the end, they lose their health, right? Right, And right. so uh, it's really true success is a balance of all those things. But you know what's kind of cool about that? When we recognize that five, those five elements, we found that they're all actually interconnected. And you can also recognize success in people's lives where they do the work in all of those areas. And right. I've seen many people, for example, who let's say that they didn't do the work on themselves or their spirituality, or what have you, and then they try right away to get a relationship. You know, it's kind of like the person who's kind of phony baloney while they're dating somebody, and then when it's married, they're married, the truth comes out that they weren't really who they said they were. And so right. it falls apart, right? Or a person right. who rushes quick to get the wealth, but they're not really in harmony with their spirituality, so they do things that are unethical to create right. their wealth. Well, in mm-hmm. the end, they may have money, but they're not fulfilled, and they feel like they're now... Um, out of integrity. So the truth of the matter is, is we learn that we really have to have a balance between all five of those areas in order to c- create a success that's long-lasting, right? And, um, you know, I, I, obviously I wish we had a flip chart and more time to share it because that's a really important and powerful principle or set of principles. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I like how you broke down the, the pillars, um, you know, and expanded upon each one as to what in the context it can mean and how they all interchange with one another. It's kind of like, um, I, I want to say, what's the five-sided, the octagon, not octagon, but um, pentagon. Like a pentagon. There's, yeah, there's five sides, and those five sides are the foundation of, and it, you know, you create a strong foundation. You can build upward. Sky becomes unlimited when you have those five foundational aspects really strong and balanced and, um, you know, you're in tune with everything. If one of those things become out of balance, it weakens and it's like a domino effect. One area will weaken another yeah. area and so on and so forth, and then you open up a gateway for a world of problems to come in, or I should say challenges. Well, well like the that. other thing that's kind of interesting about this all is uh, over the years as, as we've done an exercise with our students, we invite everybody to write down their most important goals. And everybody generally writes goals in, you know, the last three, either their health or their relationships or what they want in terms of abundance. I want more time. I want to go traveling. I want more money. And it's always people write about what they want to do or what they want to have. But they forget that they need to set goals in terms of what they want to be. And if they can start understanding that you cannot expand what you have until you expand who you are, everything will come together. And I think it's really kind of interesting. Like, my wife is super clever, and sometimes we've had some amazing discussions, and she's come up with some really interesting insights based on what we learned from the top achievers. And here's one. You know, you've heard the saying that says, actions speak louder than words. Well, my wife Mm -hmm. suggested to me that being speaks even louder than actions. Actions may speak louder than words, but being speaks even louder than the actions. And I think the problem with most people is they're, not, they're, they're more concerned about the tactics. Like, what do I got to do to become rich? What do I got to do to become successful? The truth of the matter is, is if you be the right thing, some of those do things will actually unfold themselves automatically. And there's a brilliant book. If, you're, if your listeners haven't read it, they ought to read it, and I'm recommending it. It's called The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey, Stephen Covey's son. You know, The Seven Habits, Stephen? 
Yeah. And he, uh-huh. he, he talks, yeah, he talks about this idea of, you know, sometimes as humans, we do the wrong thing. Sometimes we make mistakes, even though we have the best of intentions, right? Sometimes we just do things that aren't perfect. Well, he right. says that if we be the right thing, that oftentimes we can be forgiven. And the problem is, is that most people, you know, they aren't necessarily doing the right thing. So it's not always easy to forgive them. And, you know, their trust is broken. So we've got to understand that, that B is the foundation of so much. And we can't neglect that. It's so important. That's cool. I mean, I I, I think that's an interesting concept, you know, to be, um, to be the right thing or to um, be in that I guess in that context of what you de- what you're desiring, um, I think that's really yeah. cool. I'm I, um, I'm sure the listeners out there are like taking notes seriously and in trying to grasp some of the content concepts that we're saying with regards to you know our discussion today about personal power and mastery. Now, with regards to, I want to kind of go back a little bit towards the book with regards to the yeah. book. So. Is the book, how is the book, is it like a, you know, um, self-help type of book? Is it, and when I mean self-help, of course, it's, you know, you get information out of it that's going to help you better yourself, of course. I don't mean like that. But what I mean, like, um, in the context of, is it mainly focused on wealth building? Is it mainly focused on, um, you know, I want to say, is it is it focused on those five pillars, or is it more of really a mindset, mind mastery type of book that opens up the gateways for you to step into a zone to be able to absorb the information and put it in context for your life? Well, I guess the best way to kind of explain it is kind of like all of the above. We've had people who've come to the training, and I guess the best way to explain it is, like I said, over the last several decades, we've been doing a lot of work with the world's top achievers. I had uh, a lawyer who attended recently, and he said, listen, if I had one witness that came in to present the facts on the case, that's great. If I had two, even better. If I had three, that's brilliant. If I had a dozen, the facts are indisputable. But here you've got more than 400 of the world's top achievers, and they are presenting what the facts are in relation to creating success. And so, you know, it's the opinion of those that attend that we've got the strongest personal development program on the planet right now. And the things that we help, we help people with or have helped people with has been everything from bankruptcies to divorces to financial to we've got people who've come who've lost loved ones and terminal accidents or people with terminal illness. There's so many things where people have needed support, and um, we've been able to give them those tools. And uh, one of the things that I'm proud of is, you know, we've had a lot of people who really wanted to take their wealth to the next level, but when they've come in, they recognize that the beginning, the foundations of creating those wealth were even out of place at the time. Right, right. That, and, and, that, and sometimes that's um, what people need to see. And once they're able to see that aspect, then they can work on that and begin to open up and fulfill the other areas. But sometimes people don't even see that one aspect and and so it's if you can't see that then sometimes it's hard to open up the other areas so that a quote unquote abundance flows um you know flows in now is there anything with regards to what you share what you teach or discuss in the book that has to do or is based on um I know it's more based on the success of quote unquote the you know 400 people you interviewed but is there anything that um in the book that's based on, oh, man, I just lost my question. <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> but, um, no problem at all. Um, I hate when that happens because it was a good question. It'll come back to me. Um, let me go back. With regards to personal power mastery, um, you said you've helped people in different areas. Is it more of opening up, opening their, opening them up to believing that they actually have the power to change their personal life, whatever that may be for them, whatever area they're looking for, as as well as what they classify as success? Sure. Well, that's a pretty good question. I think that there's really two areas that we really help with, two areas. The first one is, as you're right, the strategies, okay? So the actual things that top achievers do. We unfold those patterns of success, and we really help you see – where, you know, maybe you could be tightening up some things in your life and be looking at things differently 
and be approaching things differently. But element number two is probably the one that you're referring to right there, and that's a willingness, and that's a belief. Right. Can I actually do it? Am I capable of doing it? And, you know, even if this person gives me a blueprint, what are the support mechanisms that I need in my life to be able to do it? And I find that when someone arrives, if their willingness factor is high, we can add the strategy. But Mm -hmm. if their willingness factor is very low, you know, then we have to work on helping them to find that for themselves and also a belief that they can accomplish. And when people have those two things, they're pretty much unstoppable. Mm, I like that. I like that. Now, is there are, are there any exercises or anything within the book itself that people can say, like, kind of start the process and start working through some some things that Absolutely. is inside that they need to get out? Yeah, actually, one of the things that we've tried to do in the book is to actually bring in a lot of the exercises and questions and things from the actual live seminar itself. So every single chapter is filled with a set of questions that a person can do a self-analysis, but also take themselves through. It's a guided experience to take themselves through a lot of the tools that you've just been taught inside that book. Now, something really kind of cool is, you know, uh, as I mentioned, a lot of the top personal development people are friends of mine and people that I know. Bob Proctor, by the way, wrote the forward on this book. But it was interesting because one of my friends, Joe Vitale, who some of you guys remember from The Secret, Joe actually wrote about this book that he feels that it's destined to become a classic in personal development literature, which means that it's right up there with things like Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, or Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. He suggested that this is a must-have book for people who are on a journey of personal development. And I'm so honored that he said that, but I think it only makes sense that it's that way because, again, We've got the strategies and the patterns from more than 400 of the world's top achievers, people that you know and admire, and they're here sharing how they did it, how they got to these high levels. So it's definitely something that you want to investigate and and read and and learn from. It's definitely a life-changing experience. Well, hmm. Okay, listeners, there you have it. If you're, you know, interested in, as I like to say, up-leveling your game, if you want to find out um, what you need to do to get past the stumbling blocks that stop you from, you know, really living that life you want to live and achieving the success that you see for yourself, then you probably want to pick up Doug's book called Personal Power Mastery. Now, I'm taking it that this book is available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it is. website, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, you can find it at every major bookseller and obviously online as well. Um, I've also saw, uh, and, and again, I don't speak all these languages, but I've already seen it uh, in a few other languages as well here and there. So if you speak, uh, you know, Japanese or whatever or Hebrew or whatever. I know it's available in some of these languages, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Let's see, you're just making a worldwide um, flow through the universe, as I like to say, you know, touching the hearts of those that need that message at that moment in time so that they can, you know, move forward down their path to bliss. So I think that's really cool. I, I love the topic. I love the information. I love learning um, from wisdom of others that you know, are successful and, you know, everybody has a definition of what is successful to them, but, you know, just learning the wisdom of people and sometimes some of it is just so common sense, it's ridiculous that you're like, that can't, that's just too simplex, you know, that can't be correct, that can't be right, that can't never happen or that that can't make that person, you know, successful, but in, in reality it is. It's some of the most simplest things that sometimes shifts for everyone, you know, and opens up gateways for them that they may not have seen um, that's possible. So thank you for coming on and sharing um, the information of personal power mastery um, and sharing your wisdom and dropping nuggets of gold for the listeners to pick up and write about, which makes them want to get the book more. So if you guys are listening and you um, have an intrigue, I highly recommend that you go pick up Doug's book. Again, it's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Um, I'm sure you can go to his website. And actually, Doug, this is a great time. If someone is interested in finding sure. out more about you or, um, 
you know, maybe one of the events you're having, how would they, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, well, a couple of the really cool tools that we have out there are actually free. So it's a great place to start, obviously, with the free stuff. See if you like us. If you get our vibe, you'll become our tribe. It's that easy. And so if you're looking to learn about personal <laughs> power mastery, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're looking to learn about personal power mastery on Facebook, we've got the personal power mastery with Douglas Vermeeren Group. It is free. We post on there all the time. I actually even bring in some of the world's top achievers with me. So you can come and you can find them. We also do a podcast called Personal Power Mastery where I share that information as well, and we also bring in some of the world's top achievers. You just got to Google Personal Power Mastery. You're going to run into us. The other place that you want to go if you're interested specifically in growing wealth and growing your finances is I also run a podcast called Your First Million is on the way. So let me ask you this. What's easier to make, your first million or your second? It's going to be your second, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that. So, yeah. so why not get a millionaire to help you build your first? And that's what we do on that podcast is we share how you can create wealth and do it in a hurry using conventional strategies today, not theory, but results-driven practical ideas that you can use to get out of debt and start creating a massive uh, nest egg for yourself with residual income, passive income, cash flow income, all um, you know, sometimes from the comfort of your own home. So it's very easy strategies that you can do, and it's, again, free. That's the cool thing. I love that. That's so cool. So there you guys have it, two ways to get some, as Doug say, you know, try and try out the tribe and see if you like the vibe. I mean, try out the vibe and see if you like the tribe. And if so, then, you know, you go for what you know and, and dive in deep. So, again, Doug, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on Blissful Living. It's been real fun to talk about this stuff. I love this kind of stuff. And um, it just, you know, my goal is to help get, um, people the information that they need so that they can live the life of their dreams. And so this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. And you guys out there listening, again, if you um, have anything in this conversation that piqued your curiosity, please go pick up the book, The Personal, it's not, I'm sorry, not the, it's just Personal Power Mastery, or check it, um, check Doug out, um, check out his Facebook group. I'm sure if you put his name in there or Personal Power Mastery, something will come up with regards to that. And um, to our sponsors, I want to thank our sponsors, Blissful Living for You at blissfullivingforyou.com, as well as All Day Cable Inc. at All Day Cable Inc., Dot com. As always, I want to thank my listeners. Um, please feel free to share this show with as many people as possible. I'm sure Doug would appreciate that as well. And um, as always, before I go, I'd like to wish you peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. This is the Queen of Healing Fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson, saying until next time. Be healthy, wealthy, and well. Take good care, and goodbye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E, Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And, of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.